0: 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. The game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Osmond Auction. And now, the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 chair. Uh, McDavid. For the lead in the shootout.
1: He's been fighting the puck a bit tonight.
0: Picks it up at center. In over the blue line. Reverse curse in full effect. Between circles. McDavid loads. Wade shoots and scores. That short side move he pulled off on Marc-Andre Fleury against Vegas. Pays off again. And now Cam Talbot is one save away from giving the Fathers a win. Braden Shen to keep the Blues alive in the third round of the shootout. Left-handed shooter picks it up at the red, in over the blue line. He's denied, and Cam Talbot wins the game for the Edmonton Oilers. Three, two, in a shootout.
2: And the Oilers take the long road to the victory. They fell behind 2-0 in a dismal first period, but rally to tie it. Clefbaum banging in the winner with 55 seconds left with Talbot on the bench for an extra attacker. Had a chance to win it on a power play in overtime. Couldn't get it done, but in the shootout, Bozak scores, Nuge scores, Tarasenko denied, McDavid scores, and then you heard Shen denied by Talbot. That's the save of the game for Jiffy Loop, keeping you moving 2-4 From the game, jiffyloopservice.ca. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. The final in a shootout, Edmonton Oilers 3, St. Louis Blues 2. The final numbers for Talbot this evening. Rob, he makes 28 saves in regulation and overtime. He stops 2 of 3 in the shootout. He ends a personal 6-game losing streak and gets his 100th win in an Oilers uniform.
3: Well, this is the Cam Talbot that we've seen when he's successful, uh, making all the saves he's supposed to and then making big saves when the team needs him. Uh, a number of opportunities tonight, late in the second period and then in the middle of the third period where the the St. Louis Blues had a chance to an extended lead, get a, a, make it a two-goal lead again. And Cam Talbot continued to make big save after big save. There were breakdowns. You know, this wasn't a perfect game by the Edmonton Oilers. They had breakdowns defensively. Uh, they gave up too many odd man rushes but each time Cam Talbot stood tall and made the save that he needed he looked more comfortable he looked more confident and you could tell by his reaction after the final save in the shootout that the excitement of finally winning a game again and being an important part of this team again was very evident so to me the the two best players on the ice tonight was Ryan O'Reilly from the St. Louis Blues and Cam Talbot of the Edmonton Oilers. 3-2,
2: 3-2, the Oilers win in a shootout. We want to hear from you at 780-496-0063. You can text 63630. We're looking for a, for a finish-the-play contestant, of course. So the Oilers get to 14-12-2, 5-2-1 two, two under Ken Hitchcock. All the games have been pretty tight along the way. St. Louis drops to 9-13-4. They get the single point. Let's go back to the very beginning, Rob, because that almost doomed the Oilers. I mean, we were 56 seconds away from saying... Uh, A poor first period and lack of scoring wound up in a regulation loss. 15-5 the shots for St. Louis in the first. They led 2-0 after 20.
3: Oilers weren't doing anything. No, they weren't. And they should have been down three or four. Well, they could have been down three because there was a bad call by a referee in in the game. And uh, Talbot needed to make a save after save in the first period. He needed to get through the first and allow his team to regroup and when they regrouped, they were much better. But, yeah, it wasn't a good start. It was a tough start for the Oilers. They spent the entire first period in their own end, yet found a way to sum it up, summon up a little bit extra energy during the first period of break, and probably got a tongue lashing from, from Hitch in between periods and came out a much different team over the final 45 minutes.
2: Tying goal, the Oilers tie it with Cam Talbot on the bench. They pull them with a minute 54 left tying goal by Clefbaum, with uh, McDavid and Kerr getting the helpers coming with 55.2 seconds left on the clock. And again, a guy who won't
3: get an assist on that play, a big part of the goal. Well, Chason is who you're talking about. Uh, again, hey, Allen had no idea where that puck was. And you got to give credit for Chason because, what, six, seven seconds before that, Oscar Clefbaum. Had a one timing shot and put it over the net by about three feet, like whizzed by about four guys' heads. Yet yeah, the puck goes right back to the point. Alex Chase, on what he does better than anyone else on the Edmonton Oilers, he gets his body in front of the eyes of the goaltender. He doesn't get a point on the play, but Allen has no idea where that puck's coming, and it's up to the defenseman to get it by the guy that's high that's blocking the shot and by the goalie. He did that. I questioned with about a minute to go why Tarasenko was on the ice for the St. Louis Blues there. You want guys who are willing to put it on the line and block shots. He's not that guy. He's the guy that's coming out. He doesn't get in the shooting lane, and and Clefbaum continues his... his you know, hot pace as of late, where the puck wasn't going in early. It's now finding the back of the net for him. The others just kept pressuring, and eventually, if you pressure enough, things are going to work out for you.
2: Last five games for Clefbaum, two game-winning goals and a game tire that helps the Oilers beat St. Louis tonight, 3-2, in a shootout. Edmonton power play tonight, 0 for five, and a missed opportunity to win it in overtime with a four-on-three.
3: Yeah, it was. You know what? I'm I know what Hitch is doing, and overtime he had the their four best offensive players on the ice for a four on three but on a four on three I like having a right-handed shot to have a one-timer there's so much room out there that and we've seen it in the past when Mark Letestu was here how often he would get that overtime winner because one timing shot on a power play he's wide open Uh, and then if you're not going to put the right-handed shot what I didn't like was Oscar Clefbaum continuing to take the puck from where he was down to Dreisaitl if, you, if you're going to have four lefties, go down the other side so that when McDavid has it on his stick, he has three left-handed one-timers he can pass to. Uh, it was a nice job by the St. Louis Blues getting through that, and actually, because the guy came out of the box, they went 4-on-4 four four for a minute, which benefits St. Louis because more guys on the ice means uh, less room for a McDavid or a Dreisaitl. Their power play was not good tonight, unfortunately, or, excuse me, fortunately, it didn't come back and haunt them.
2: How much, was St. Louis doing something different? They seemed to really be trying to squeeze the guys along the boards, like, they, with more intensity than other teams.
3: Very aggressive. Very aggressive, kind of like what the Oilers do. When the Oilers are penalty-killing well, they're very aggressive, not allowing guys to set up. And every time McDavid had it, they had guys going at him immediately. They didn't want to have, to him to have time and space. If someone else was going to beat him on the power play, fine. But they weren't going to let McDavid make the perfect play. Uh, St. Louis, I mean, the key to St. Louis is Ryan O'Reilly uh, up front. He is a very good penalty killer, and he pressures hard. He pressures at the right times. And the Oilers are also fortunate. Oscar Klepfpom should have been called for holding on Ryan O'Reilly with about a minute to go in overtime as he was there was a 4 on 3 I guess there was more than that 4 on 3 O'Reilly goes down shorthanded and Clefbaum's hand right around the chest of O'Reilly. Oilers are fortunate and take advantage of it.
2: We we think the Oilers also got a break on the uh, on the goalie interference call in the second period. I, I, in fact, I'd be comfortable saying that they shouldn't have been awarded a power play because Tarasenko did not intentionally mm-hmm. bump uh, Cam Talbot. I, I've looked at the rules The to to get a goal interference penalty it has to be ruled intentional he was bumped by Benning back into Talbot and then there's some room for interpretation mm-hmm. with whether or not they can count the goal because the referee can decide whether or not the player could have avoided the contact even if he was bumped by a defender now I don't know if, if Tarasenko could have but that's the referees out in that situation to at least say why he waved it off
3: well that's the safe play is to say just no goal and it's a face off uh, the probably the correct play was to say that it was a goal and it was incidental cause, contact caused by the Euler defender was Benning who pushed him into it but there's no way uh, that that should have been a penalty to Tarasenko. and the St. Louis Blues at that point had a huge beef on the play but it, there are breaks, the goes. we see that all the time there's times where we've, uh, we there's been enough uh, Instagram clips of things that are happening to McDavid that aren't called. You you get breaks in a game, you got to take advantage of. If you get breaks against you in the game, you got to sometimes overcome them. The Oilers today overcame a few and certainly took advantage of a couple more.
2: Three-two comeback shootout win for the Edmonton Oilers. Whenever they score five or more in a game. Come on, Hitch, it hasn't happened under you yet. We turn on the Japanese Village Goal Light on the Oilers page on 630Ched.com. Then you can print up a coupon for a free appetizer. Three locations, Japanese Village in Edmonton, downtown Southside and North Side. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown, it's 916-780-496-0063. We have Clayton standing by. Hey, Clayton, thanks for calling.
4: Hey. Yeah, I just wanted to say, you know, it was a, a good win. I, I honestly didn't think it was going to... Happen the way things were going, but um you know they stuck with it and and kudos to the boys because uh um you know they they uh, had their rough moments tonight, but uh you know Talbot especially, you know where would they have been tonight without him holding them in you know after after getting down to nothing he sure uh, he sure shut the door and and I'm real happy for him, you know. Yeah, That's, for sure. Uh, That's something, something he really needed, and and uh, I'm sure that'll help his confidence a lot. So,
2: Well, like we've been know. saying, Clayton, they're they're going to need both guys. E- you know, even if one guy plays 70% of the games, you still need that, that other guy three out of every ten to at least give you a chance at points, and Talbot did that tonight. Oh, for sure.
4: Yeah, and the other guy, too. I mean, uh, where would this team be this year without Chase on?
2: <laughs> I mean, Did you think you would have, You were gonna be saying that on September thirtieth? Well, <laughs> we be without I mean, Alex Chase on? I didn't.
4: I know. I know. Yeah. I mean, it's it's crazy, but uh, I mean, he's really been something.
2: Thanks, Clayton. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. That's Clayton calling in. You know, speaking of the goaltending again, I thought a well goaltended game. Mm-hmm. Al uh, Talbot probably had to chase, had to face more wide open opportunities than Allen did. I think for Allen, there was a lot more, you know, the Oilers being busy around the net, especially in the second and third period. But as we've seen, sometimes even when a goalie's having a good game, it just comes down to, to shot volume. So yeah. fif- fifteen shots for the. Uh, Blues in the first period. They, they they score twice. Thirty-one shots for the Oilers in the second period, third period, and overtime. So, and I think that's why Hitch has often said. I want zone time. I I want zone time. I mean, he knows the weaknesses on the roster as as well as anybody, but he's preaching zone time, law of averages, more shots, more chances, you chip it out.
3: Well, you said exactly, law of averages. If you continue to put pucks on net, eventually something's going to slip in. It's going to bounce off someone. It's going to get a good break. You're going to beat them clean. It's going to hit a post and go in. Uh, Just keep putting pressure keep putting stress on the defending team. And the Oilers did that through the final 45 minutes and eventually got that break. Now, obviously, breaks come into play. I mean, they, they say hockey gods or, or puck luck. All those things are true, but they only create those things if you have offensive pressure. And the Oilers tonight through the final 45 minutes did.
2: We have Troy on line one. Hey, Troy, go ahead. Hey. Yeah, it was a good game
5: tonight. I watched the game. Um, The boys they good. we played great. My question was: uh, We took thirty-one shots on net, and we would have had more goals than tonight if we got those ones right in front of the net. But we we, we missed we missed a couple good chances in front. So hopefully the boys get at her next game and get another W and and uh, hit the net and get the power play going and get us to the playoffs. Here, I know it's a little early, but I like to see our boys in the playoffs. And yeah, Rogers Place cheering for them.
2: Yeah, yeah. Right on, Troy. Thanks a lot for calling. Well, I think he mentioned in the second period, too, there were a couple of replays when you saw the the behind-the-net camera, and, and the Blues had them in the first period, but, the, I mean, the puck was a nudes that almost tapped in mm-hmm. another one, I think Parekhal. McDavid slept, elbows had one, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, that that's, that's the thing for the Oilers. Sometimes you watch them and you feel like they're going to need twice as many chances to get the same number of goals as some of the other teams.
3: Well, if if you keep getting those close calls, eventually the law of averages as you say, one will bounce for you and they just kept putting pucks on net but the biggest thing for me, when you're putting pucks on net, and most teams now uh, collapse. When the puck is in their own zone, they collapse. They have five guys down, which means defensemen are open. So as a defenseman shooting the puck, as Cleftbaum did at the end, his goal is to get the puck past the first guy coming out. Find the shooting lane, change the angle, uh, aim wide if you have to. We saw Benning do that last week, but get it past the first guy coming out. The second thing on shots from the point, then the most important thing is have a guy in front who gets in front of the goalie's eyes. So tonight, Clefbaum on the the tying goal, he got the puck past Tarasenko, and in front of that, Alex on was exactly where you needed to be. He was right in front of the eyes of the goaltender, and Jake Allen has no chance. Now, obviously, you're very fortunate where Clefbaum's puck hits. He's got about three or four inches to hit, but he hit it. And because he hit it, it's a goal because the goalie can't see it. There's nobody on the Oilers as good as Alex Chase on. That's why he's in front of the net doing what he's doing.
2: Uh, this texture says the Oilers are long past due for a goalie interference call to go their way. I agree with you guys. It was a botched call, but the Oilers will take it. Well, fair comment. I mean... Yep. Yeah, I mean, definitely. And Rob mentioned probably probably a hold on uh, Clefbaum in overtime. Which and, is and, and you know what? Sorry, Rob. I didn't no, well, no,
3: I'm just saying what's shocking because usually that's an automatic call when you've got a team that's shorthanded. You just put them shorthanded in overtime. It's almost like it could even be a phantom call. But if anything that's even close, remotely close, you call it. Clefbaum had no choice. O'Reilly Adam beat. Yeah, and he he reached out. Should have been a call, but the Oilers didn't. They didn't get called, and the others took advantage by winning in a shootout.
2: Yeah, and, and the Blues are, are having a, a, a tough year, and you feel like sometimes those types of things mm-hmm. compound for the teams that aren't doing well or
3: stand out a little more. I think that's it. They, yeah. they're, they're much more noticeable because at the end of the night, the team loses, and they look back at the things that went against them.
0: Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Osmond Auction. This is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio, 6.30 chat. Here's Dry Saddle. One minute to play. Kara behind the net. McDavid left circle. One timer clap up star! This game is tied!
2: All right, so that was the one that tied it up in the final minute of the third for the Oilers. They go on to beat the St. Louis Blues 3-2 in a shootout. Nugent Hopkins and McDavid scoring on the Oilers two chances and Talbot turning away two of the three St. Louis opportunities. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. It's 926. Thanks for tuning in tonight. 780-496-0063. We have Wayne on the line. Hello, Wayne.
5: Hi there. How you doing? Doing well. Okay, I have a... Oh, excuse me. I'm glad others won, uh, but uh, I'm just being a little critical on Leon Dreisaitl. I just don't see him at his creative best. I find a lot of his passes don't go where they used to go, like when he was playing so good a couple years ago. And even when him and McDavid were on a lot of rushes, a lot of the creativity seems to be gone. And even when Leon, he was the last guy back one time, and he had the puck, and he just sort of let it drift off his stick. Now, do you guys think he's playing really good right now, or...?
3: He's on a better pace than he was two years ago, points-wise.
5: Yeah, you know what? I know that. He just doesn't look the same. Now, am I just being critical, or do you see some of that? Uh,
3: I I think he's been fine. I think there's nights that he he looks really good. There's nights that he looks uh, okay, um, I, I don't, I mean, right now the Oilers are a team that can't score and he's still a guy that's averaging over a point a game. I think the, the contract brought maybe bigger expectations than you were going to get from him. But he's, I mean, he's on pace to score, you know, 80, 85 to 90 points, which is very good in the National Hockey League. So uh, there's some nights he's better than others, but I honestly, over the course of the year, 27 games, 30 points, I have no problem with that if if, if that's what Leon's going to put up every year. If he's going to be an 80-plus point guy, I think you're getting what you expected out of him.
2: All right, we're going to finish the play with you, Wayne. We are looking to put your name into the grand prize draw for a one-hour rental, fast-track, indoor karting, safe, adrenaline-pumping, fun, Fast Track fasttrackkartingedmonton.com. 32% for Nuge, and he's been told to wait here. Left-handed shot picks it up at center. In over the blue line. In on Jake Allen. Between the hashes. Waits him out. Wayne, if you watch, the game should be an easy one. Did Nuge score or not on a shootout attempt?
5: Oh, yeah. <laughs> 32% for Nuge.
0: And he's been told to wait here. Left-handed shot. Picks it up at center. In over the blue line. In on Jake Allen. Between the hashes. Waits him out. Shoots and scores.
3: There it is. You like that move by Nooch. Well, that, the patience. Incredible patience. There's very few that'll do that. Most guys will panic eventually. I'm, I'm losing real estate. I'm losing real estate. I'm going to shoot anyways. But he took it as far as he could. He waited till the goal. He had absolutely no chance at all. And he, he probably had a little more room than we first, you and I first thought. But. It still was not a great angle, and he he made no mistake. So yeah, it was a, both both Oiler shootout goals were gorgeous. Both him and McDavid's goals very very nice.
2: All right, Cam, we got news coming up. Can you keep it to a minute tonight?
5: <laughs> Can you guys? Go ahead. Okay, how are you doing, boys? Good. See what happens. Good goaltending.
0: Now I wanted to say the same question I have here: Is is there something off on Dry and I'm like, I'm not trying to pick him apart. That was literally going to be my question. There's times tonight when I got him mixed up with Lucic. I'm, I'm not
3: joking. Uh, I mean, he played 29 minutes. Hitch must have liked his skating enough tonight. He played more than any other forward in the game. Yep. Uh Fatigue, possibly. I mean, I thought I thought he was fine. I it wasn't his best game, but I thought Leon it was fine and was a, a big part of the win tonight.
2: All right, thanks, Camp. Oilers win 3-2 in a shootout over the St. Louis Blues. 780 496 You can text 63630. We're getting post-game reaction in from St. Louis right away. Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line, Oilers Hockey, presented by Osmond Auction.
0: Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Osmond Auction. This is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio, 630 Chair.
2: All right, final score in a shootout, Edmonton Oilers 3, St. Louis Blues 2. It was Barbashev and Shen scoring in the first period for the Blues. They were all over Edmonton. Nugent Hopkins got one back in the second period for the Oilers, his seventh of the season. Clefbomb ties it with Talbot pulled for an extra attacker with 55.2 seconds left in the third. No scoring in overtime the way the Oilers did have a power play. Nick, uh, Nugent Hopkins and McDavid scoring on both of Edmonton's shootout attempts and St. Louis going one for three on theirs. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. You can get us at 780-496-0063. You can text 63630. Doug and Bruderheim says, Hey, guys, I thought Raddy had a shift or two with McDavid and looked good and had a chance on a one-timer. Uh, do you guys think he kind of got the short end of the stick? since the injury and the coaching change, I would like to see him get another shot on the top line.
3: Uh, Yes, I I agree. I I think that there's always preconceived notions for for coaches, And, and they have players that they trust and players that they haven't fully trusted yet. And I think that with Brodziak, being a, a former Hitch player in St. Louis, he's completely trusted him, and he's gotten elevated minutes since Hitch has come. Ty Ratti played for Hitch also in St. Louis, and Hitch wasn't a fan there. So he's got to try and earn that trust back. That's the one thing when there's a coaching change. Everybody has a clean slate. So guys are now trying to build themselves up. He had to prove himself to Hitch again, probably with a little bit of a chip on his shoulder because Hitch has seen what he's done before. I agree. I thought he was very good in the limited time that he had tonight with, with McDavid, had a couple of good opportunities. And you can see the Hitch gained a little more trust with him. He was on the ice in overtime, which both you and I, read were a little surprised. But that means Hitch has got some trust in him. So hopefully this will get him more ice time going forward.
2: Uh, Tony says, uh, How come you can't see Dreisaitl is not the same player? He looks lazy. He holds on to the puck sometimes till he loses it. Just like the one of the uh, power play pucks was in the blue zone, uh, got to dry sidle, he lost the puck and it went the other way.
3: Okay. Oh, uh, I'm saying, I mean, he, his stats <laughs> he's, tell him he's, 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 he's,
2: he's better than he was then. Now, he, he's not perfect. He's not per- He makes a lot of money. You're right. Uh, I still think he's more of a threat to score and do something offensively than 95% of the Oilers roster.
3: And I think too many, too many people are, uh, have fallen in love with what you saw in the playoffs for Leon. Leon doesn't play like that all year long. Didn't play all that year long like that that year either. So uh, Leon is the second best player on this team. He and Nugent Hopkins very, very close and after that there's a huge drop off. So uh, (laughs) I I don't think you can do anything but continue to play him because if you're playing someone else instead of him you're going to have a huge drop off in the level of play.
2: All right, let's bring Dean onto the show. Dean, thanks for calling. Yeah, Okay, um, in regards to the goalie interference,
4: yes, Benning did nudge him into Talbot, but Tarasenko actually gave him a pretty wicked elbow into the head, too, to go there. I, I, I think that was a totally
5: correct call.
3: No, was... I I mean, that, that's your, well, I disagree. and I, I'm pretty sure now I didn't get to hear the guys on Sportsnet, but I saw the little blurbs they were putting up there. It looked like they thought it should have been a, a goal, too. So... To no, me, uh,
4: he, he he elbowed and fell right in the head. It, it, Robbie, you, you know as well as I do, NHLers can make an accident look like oh, a, you, you're absolutely right. Like an accident, right? You're
3: you're absolutely right. But you also got to look at the player. If this was a Cassian, if this was a Kara, uh, or on the other team, if it would have been, uh, oh, who do they got on their back that be play like that? Um, right, maybe. Or on Maroon or something like that? Then yeah. yes, I could see it. But it, this is Tarasenko. So Terrace ankle is not that kind of player. So to me, he got bumped and it it shouldn't have it, it shouldn't have been a penalty and it certainly shouldn't have been a, uh, a, a disallowed goal, but that, that's just my interpretation of it. I, I think that the, the ref missed it, but it happens all the time. The Oilers have been burnt on a number of calls that have gone against them for the same type of thing and tonight they got a break. On the Advantage Trailer
2: Rentals scoreboard with daily, weekly, monthly, and rent-to-own options, head to AdvantageTrailerRentals.com. After the first, the Ducks lead the Blackhawks 2-0. Early second period, San Jose up 2-0 in Carolina. The Oil Kings' big win tonight, 6-1 over the Regina Pats. The Oilers' farm team, Bakersfield Condors, leading Manitoba 4-2 early in the third announcement at 10 o'clock tomorrow at Rogers Place. it, It is expected that it will be announced that the 2021 World Juniors will be co-hosted by Edmonton and Red Deer with all of Canada's games and uh, the medal round round games, playoff games, all at Roger's place. I'll be there for the
3: announcement tomorrow. Well, my son, he texted me tonight. He's all pumped, and he also pointed out that there's a good chance St. Albert's Matt Savoy could be on that World Junior team, who this week uh, has announced he's trying to get exceptional status and play in the Western Hockey League as a 15-year-old. All right. Before we get to
2: Jordan on the phone line, let's go back to St. Louis. Oilers take it 3-2 in a shootout. Here's Ken Hitchcock. Down
6: 2 nothing early and battling literally until the last minute there in regulation. Well, I, we didn't have a good first period. We were trying to play defensively on the move, and that's not going to work. Uh, but I thought, the, in, in saying, I thought the first period was one of the poorest play, periods we played, and then I thought the second period was the best period we played on a road by a mile. I thought the second period was... Just outstanding and set us up for the third I thought the last two periods we played awful well but the second period was was really good for us we did a lot of really good things. How about the timeliness of Oscar Clapham's first three goals of the season? All seem to come in big moments here. Well I think when you have good players like uh, uh, up front you, sometimes you you defer, and we're trying to get him to shoot the puck. We're trying to get him to pound it off the net. And uh, he's starting to do that stuff. So those are good things that happen. But I, I think the more he shoots it, the more it sets up other plays from there. Very nice Cam. Finally get a win, play well, and get the win. You know what, Jimmy, I said this to you before, and I said it to the guys there, he's, uh, that's the strength of our team, our goaltending is the strength of our team, it doesn't matter, uh, uh, Cam's had more activity than Koski, a lot more activity in the two games, but that's the strength of our team, we've got two really good goalies who give us a chance to win every night, and and now it's on me to make sure that there's a rhythm moving forward. When you've got two goalies that are this good, Either you got to get it, you got to get both guys in a rhythm if you want to have success in the league. And I, I, I don't think you can win in the National Hockey League in the Western Conference with one goalie. I don't think it works. I think just too much travel is too demanding on them. There's not enough space between games. And so we're lucky we got two great goalies. Cam though did say this is the first game where he's really felt on point like he
5: was last couple of years when he was seeing the puck he was tracking it he was, yeah. he was when he refused he said I refused to give him the third goal.
6: Well yeah and I think he's such a competitive guy when that's channeled in the right direction he's just exceptional so for me uh, like I said I, I've only seen him play two games and I thought he was unbelievable in, uh, in Los Angeles and then equally good today so we're lucky we got we got two good guys and we got to we got to use them we're gonna need them moving forward so did, did you guys hang them out to dry in the first period a little bit because the first goal Oh, we, idle, we've hung but... him out to dry both games I mean we hung him out to dry in Los Angeles at the start and he and he saved us and then we hung him out today and he saved us so I think that's a big factor these guys started to play for him and that that was a big factor and like I said our second period was outstanding all right, there's Oilers head coach Ken Hitchcock. He's
2: five-two and one since taking over. A lot of praise for Camp Talbot, who gets his 100th win as an Edmonton Oiler tonight. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Do we have Jordan? We do have Jordan. Jordan, go ahead.
5: Hey guys,
4: uh, yeah. So actually, I have to admit, uh, when it was two uh, nothing with a few minutes left to go on 11 shots, I kind of uh, tuned out and into dinner and a movie with the wife and then pleasantly surprised to see them tied up late. First question for you both, do you feel that, it, what was, it, was Talbot soft to start and then rounded into form, or did the team kind of give him some confidence and make it easy on him and follow up? Uh, after a game like this, we have Kara and other guys, Spooner kind of, these guys playing spot rolls up uh, late in the game, and even Ratty. Do you look at time on ice, or like what stat do you go to after the point line uh, to kind of get an indication of how the game went?
3: So when you asked about Talbot starting soft, are you talking in the season or in the game today? Just tonight, yeah. Uh, he was outstanding in the first. If it wasn't for him, it would have been 3 4 nothing in the first period. St. Louis dominated. He had no chance on either goal and he made a number of big saves. He was, uh, as, as I think it was either Hitch or Jim Matheson said there, on point right from the opening face-off. So that, he was the reason that the Oilers were able to get two points tonight because he let the team get back into the game. As for ice time, I've played for Hitch, and I've watched Hitch's career forever. Hitch plays his best players a lot. Hitch plays his role players based on how his role players are playing. And tonight, Raddy starts on the fourth line, has a pretty good game, he moves up, gets some time in the third period with McDavid, gets some time in overtime. Jujar starts on the fourth line the last couple of games, he plays well on the fourth line, Hitch moves him up. The star players are always gonna play a ton, and whichever role players are playing best are going to get elevated minutes.
2: All right, the Oilers win it 3-2 in a shootout. Oscar Kleffbaum had the tying goal late. You'll hear from him when we get back. Oilers Hockey presented by Osmond Auction. You're listening to Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line.
0: Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Osmond Auction. This is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio, 630-10.
2: The are 14-12-2 and two on the season. They come from behind and beat the St. Louis Blues 3-2 in a shootout tonight on 630 Chet along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins. The NHL is adding a team in Seattle for the 21-22 season. Going to be up to 32 teams in the National Hockey League, Rob.
3: no, I'm pretty excited. I think it's about time that Seattle got a team. I played junior hockey in the Western Hockey League. Seattle was always in the league. And they always had very, very good fans, and it's a great city. So I'm I'm excited. I wish it was starting a year earlier. I understand they want to make sure everything is in place arena-wise before they start it, but, no, I'm excited. I think it's going to be cool.
2: So the NHL
3: will have
2: gone from a league when you played where 16 out of 21 teams made the playoffs, (laughs) so just under 80% to truly 50%, 16 out of 32.
3: Well, I remember when I was in, in the States, there would be a lot of newscasters, a lot of sports newscasters that always mocked the National Hockey League. They said, you know what, I can't get into this hockey thing when almost every team makes the playoffs. They always thought it was silly. And I mean, only five teams were missing the playoffs when I played. So you had to be pretty bad to miss the playoffs back then. Uh, I mean, it's, I think it's better with the 16. It makes the schedule, scheduling easier. I like the fact that the Oilers stayed in the division that they stayed in. Arizona's going to flip-flop. Seattle's going to come into the Oilers' division. So uh, it'll be neat. It'll be another great place for Edmonton fans to fly to to see their Edmonton Oilers play on the road because Seattle is a great town, and it's usually a little bit warmer come winter time to go to than Edmonton.
2: So a new team coming in—that's our adjustment of the game for the Alberta College and Association of Chiropractors. If it hurts see a chiropractor, visit AlbertaChiro.com. Tonight, Oilers in St. Louis, three-two shootout win. Here's Oscar Clefbaum. Yeah,
1: the, oh yeah, sorry, sorry.
2: <laughs> yeah, the timing's been good
1: lately uh, uh, with my goals, and I'll take that. I just uh, wait to get some, some drama on the ice there. But, yeah, I just told the other guys, it gives so much confidence to, to win, a, win a game like this. Um, almost the same feeling when we came, came back in Winnipeg. Um, it gives so much energy and, and confidence, and, and especially for a guy like Talps to, to come in and just shut the door. And it's, it's a big, big day for us here. It's got to be easy to sit on the plane back to Edmonton. What does today's efforts say about the resilience displayed by the Oilers tonight? And how you guys are feeling in the dressing room right now? It feels great just yes, to, to know we have the potential and the guys to come back and come together as a group and, and play a hell of a hockey game to light the two periods um, and like I said to for the hell of a game for us tonight and, and shut the door and gave us a lot of confidence in the back and, and obviously for me personally it's, it's nice to score the, the tying goal in the end there so um, it gives us a lot of confidence but now it's in the past uh, got to enjoy it tonight and focus on the next game. How about getting a win for your dad? I know he's, a, he's here right now. Yeah, it's kind of <laughs> special. Uh, maybe they have to stay a little bit longer I don't know. Uh, it's obviously a great feeling especially for me he comes all the way from Sweden to see me play here and, and I scored the time and then we went too, so it's it's a great feeling.
2: All right, so Clefbaum gets his third of the season as the Oilers beat St. Louis 3-2 in a shootout. You mentioned Ryan O'Reilly, Rob, plays 24 4 took 29 face-offs, won 21 of them for 72%.
3: Yeah, he was a beast and won some important ones. He is a good hockey player, and that's why when he signed with St. Louis Blues, you're thinking, okay, this team is going to take great strides forward, unfortunately some below average goaltending and some key injuries have held them back. But he is the real deal. He is a good hockey player. Colton Pareco, St. Albert kid, twenty eight oh nine on the ice tonight for St. Louis. Yeah, he played well too. He gets elevated minutes. Uh, he's playing in a position he's not normally gonna play. Usually Peter Angelo would be the guy that would be going head to head against Mick David, but with him injured then it falls on Pareco. I thought Pareco was very good tonight. He's a big man that uses his, his size and his reach. To play good defensive hockey, uh, it's good to see a St. Albert boy doing well in the National Hockey League.
2: All right, so the Oilers up to fourteen, twelve, and two. Schedule coming up, they're gonna play uh, Minnesota on Friday night. They got Calgary in here on Sunday for the first time since the uh, game with all the. Uh <laughs> Antics with Matthew Kachuk and, and Zach Cassian and and some of that nastiness, two teams they're behind in the standings of road games next week against Colorado
3: and Winnipeg. Well they're playing teams, Western conference teams, division teams, teams that they need to be leapfrogging if they want to be a playoff hockey club. They're all four point games. They're very, very important. Tonight's game was a important game. It just it pushed St. Louis a little further behind them. You want to have teams behind you lose their belief because St. Louis is going to get better. They're going to get healthier. They're going to be a much better team, but you want them far enough behind that they lose the belief that they can make the playoffs. This is an important four-game stretch the others have coming up. They will be playing four very good hockey clubs.
2: Calgary leads the Pacific Division 36 points, Anaheim 33, San Jose 31. Both are playing and winning their games so far tonight. 2 nothing Ducks up on Chicago in the second period, and uh, the Sharks up 2-0 on the Hurricanes. Also in the second period. And uh, then you got Vegas with 31, Edmonton with 30. Vegas is uh, going to be playing Chicago tomorrow. Minnesota plays Calgary tomorrow. So you know the standings could change. But the Oilers with 30 points, uh, you know, hanging around. But, again, they got to win these West games, got to win these Pacific games.
3: Well, teams that the Oilers are going to try and catch right now, they're going to try and catch Minnesota. That's the second wild card game. So that's a four-point game. That's a huge game where they have coming up here. And then the Flames. The, the Oilers, how far are they behind right now the first place, Flames? Six. Six. And the Flames play tomorrow. Yeah, so, I mean, they're still within reach. And the way that you catch teams like that is you beat them in head-to-head games, I'm looking forward and two completely drastically different teams they're playing. They're playing a Minnesota team that you don't want to fall behind because they are a very good defensive team. And you're playing a Calgary Flames team that I don't think the score matters at any time in the game. Calgary Flames are probably better when they fall behind. As we've seen, they came back from 4-1 down against Columbus in Columbus the other night and put a nine spot up. I'm looking forward to both games. The thing that the Oilers don't want to do, they do not want to look past Friday's game against the Minnesota Wild, looking forward to the Calgary game, because Minnesota is going to be a very big test, and that is the... Number, that is the team that is closest to them right now in the standings. They, they need to win that hockey game.
2: All right, Oilers beat the Blues 3-2 in a shootout. Connor McDavid had an assist tonight. The
1: team today and the effort uh, all together. Yeah, obviously, it's been a long time since we've scored a 6-on-5 goal, so it's nice to get one of those and we'll get it to overtime um, you know, late. First shootout for you guys. Uh, I know you guys have had success in that in the past, but do you guys feel okay, pretty comfortable, especially with the way 33 is playing tonight? Yep, 33 was great. Um, yeah, we knew he'd be solid back there. We just had to put a couple in for him, and um, you know, I thought uh, we did a good job uh, finding a way to score. Um, you know, we're a pretty confident team once it gets past 60 minutes. Um, you know, we feel pretty good about the overtime period, and um, you know, and obviously it's our first shootout, but good you get a win? Pretty timely time for Oscar to find a scoring touch as well. He seems to be scoring big goals his big goals. Uh, you know, overtime winner, game winner late in the third and now game tying goal so you know, he's been great for us and um, you know, not even because he scores goals. just He plays a lot of minutes, plays hard, kills penalties, um, you know, shuts guys down. He's been, uh, he's been real good.
2: Connor McDavid on assist tonight on bombs game tying goals. The Oilers love going beyond 60 minutes. 6-2. Six and two. In games tied after regulation, five and two in overtime. Now one zero oh in shootouts. And
3: what are the Oilers right now in the number of how many they've had? Seven games, eight games for Hitch now. What are we at now? Eight games for Hitch. How many have been two and one? And how many have been one goal games? And include not taking away the or using the the LA game it was two empty net goals, which is still a one goal game. I think there's only been one game. Well, they
2: beat San Jose four three in overtime. They lost to the Ducks two one in overtime. They lost to the Kings five well, like, two. With like, like two goals. empty net goals. Two Beat Dallas one nothing. In overtime, beat the Kings 3-2, beat the Knights 2-1, lost to Dallas 4-1. No, there was an empty net. Yeah, but they were down 3-1. And then today, so really seven of the eight have been tied or within a goal, going to the final minute of the third.
3: Pick. And and that's Hitchcocky. You were in every game when you were playing for Ken Hitchcock because you don't give much up. So this is what we're it's going to be fun because every time you go to a game you know that going into the third it's probably going to be tied or within one there's going to be a lot of pressure at the end of the game one way or the other because it's going to be a one goal hockey game so the excitement level is getting higher here in Edmonton right now with Ken Hitchcock led Edmonton Oilers. All right,
2: poor start tonight for the Oilers, but good finish. They come from behind and beat the Blues 3-2 in a shootout. You can get more by going to 630 com. Our next broadcast is Friday night, 5.30 face-off show game at 7, as the Oilers will entertain the Minnesota Wild. Tomorrow, keep it tuned to 6.30 chat for the announcement. 10 o'clock at Rogers Place. We'll have the latest throughout the day. It is expected that Edmonton and Red Deer will be awarded the World Junior Tournament for 2021. Thanks to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer. Oilers Hockey presented by Osmond Auction. This is Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Oilers beat the Blues 3-2 in a shootout. Have a great night.
0: 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.
4: For most of us, crime is something we see on the news. We never think it could happen to us until it does.